This is the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast. Does it classify you as an adult to own an umbrella? What's the other one you use? Grubhub or something? Grubhub? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not getting it for you. So now he's the yawn guy? This is the BNB Network, and you're listening to the 77th podcast of the Bull Mountain Brothers. What is up, guys? I am. Hey, we got a special guest tonight. We do have mascot. Mascot. <laughs> Goose is in the building. How? What is this? Uh, like a three-month-old lab? Four-month-old? Uh, four-month. Yeah. We got a four-month-old lab in studio, and we're having a good time. So if you hear a couple like uh, there's gonna bucks be and bangs, and it might be a puppy, but we're we're puppy acceptable around here. Oh, there was a sniff on the mic. <laughs> Sean's holding him like a bazooka right now. Yeah. He's afraid. Of, here, here's your bone, little little man. Come here, buddy. Come here. Awesome. Love it. But what is up, boys? I am so happy to be back in studio with my guys. It has been too long. Two weeks. After we were talking about a like month sabbatical and how we were rack on... Back in on line, track, rack yeah. on, rack on. Well, <clears throat> what happened? Back. What happened last week, though? I mean, come on, we couldn't avoid it. I had to, Matt and I had to leave Tuesday to go guide for six days, so there's really not a whole lot we could have avoided in that situation. You sound like you're heartbroken about the fact that you got to go guide. No, it was wonderful, but I do, I do hate li- leaving the audience without oh, an entire week of Bull Mountain Brothers entertainment. Yeah, that'd be pretty bad. That would be. And I mean, it was. It, it, it happened. Yeah. Oh, my. my uh, hold on. I, I can't control my voice. My headset has come unplugged. Everything's falling apart here at the B&B studio. <laughs> I, uh, All right. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, we are without Matt today. He is still For the guiding. listeners, you, you never left because your microphone still worked. Oh, I know. Yes. But in my own head, it was, <laughs> it was fucked up. <laughs> Where do we start, man? It's been a busy... Crazy couple. Oh, sorry. Ramsey's already going to be triggered. Let's just get this out of the way first off. I don't know why you say getting it out of the way. You're going to do it the rest of the episode. It's fine. Um, where do we start, boys? Uh, I think we start with our deer raffle has come and gone. It has. And we have a winner. We do. That winner is Dan Wells. And we are excited to get something scheduled. It doesn't sound like we were probably, we might do the same dates that were scheduled, but something a little more scheduled to his what he can do, but uh sounds like he wants to do a little bit of whitetail hunting, which really? is fine. Yeah, which is fine. Oh, okay. I, I'm all about that. Uh Matt and I, of course, I've been out there for like, or I was out there for four days. And uh there is some new development. There's a lot of stuff changing, a lot of new fencing and a lot of stuff like that. And it's causing the whitetail from the pivot fields to move into, um basically, they're bedding in on our side in the trees. So might be, a good year for whitetail. Other than that, um, I guess we could just out loud say now, thank you to everyone that supported the deer hunt. It was kind of, it was a lot of fun and it was a new experience. We learned a lot from it. I want to say, Oh, definitely. I mean, being the first, you know, ever Turkey hunt or I keep saying Turkey hunt first ever deer hunt that we've ever done. It was definitely a learning curve for us. Um, Still I, not as much interest as I thought there would be. I still think. I mean, obviously, it was it was better. It was better than a turkey hunt because I mean, I mean, to me at least, my opinion on that, like offering a turkey hunt, would be I'd be kind of hard pressed to buy a raffle. Which ticket. we do have fun doing that too. We, right. we we had a good time with those guys this year and last year. Oh, for year. sure. But I want to say we're going to be way more into the big the big game stuff, which is more up our alley. 
Even though you guys, I, does it sounds like you guys might not make it? Yeah. Based off I, of prior engagements? Yeah, that's, uh, so I think it might just be you and Matt um, out there with the helm as far as... Which is fine. Bull, Bull Mountain Brothers goes, which, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But We have debt to pay, and that's why we can't make it. Well, it is. It does feel good that you guys are kind of, I mean, you could talk about it. You guys are pretty much dedicating a good portion of your hunting season to getting Dad a bull because he's got a special oh, sure. pet. I mean, of course, you're going to be doing your own hunting, but... I mean, there is there's other there's other species out there, right? But there's right, there's just a large right. focus on that. No, for sure, because I mean that's been a I mean it's almost been a lifetime. T- I mean it's been several. It years will be for him. him. I mean he's probably not going to draw it. He's again drawn it life. twice. This would be the second time that he's in fifteen years. I mean, but do you really see separate, him hunting in another ten years? With separate, probably he he didn't have the property options that he does now. No, back at the first, we didn't close. even go one time. Yeah. Which is the tough. I mean, time. that's got to eat a guy up, drawing a tag like that. Well, at that stage, <sighs> have you met life, my maybe. father? <laughs> he, he, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it, he was a little bit upset about it. If I had, would you say that he's yeah. developed his love for hunting more as we've through progressed us. through us than than? Which is crazy because we wouldn't. Would you think we would have ever got into it if it wasn't for him? No. Mm, yeah, because you were friends with Josh. Yeah, it's hard to like be friends with Josh and but and I, I it wasn't hunting that. They, but I think it would have been like. Uh, you, Dane, your friend Dane, yeah, how he got into it through you guys. I think we'd have been more like that. We would have been way more similar to Sean, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we probably would have gotten into it earlier, but because I don't think that I think the outdoors, like being outside and doing stuff outside, has always been something we've been, you know, whether right. it's sports or like we we never. I mean, we definitely played our fair share of video games, but we also played out outside a lot too. So it's not like we were, you know, stuck. Inside. Which is crazy because, like, from my aspect, like I, I'm not kidding you, I didn't. I didn't touch a trailhead hunting until I was probably like 15, 16. Right. And that wasn't even me hunting. That was just me tagging along, you know, which is crazy because you can get that aspect from it. And obviously. Well, I think about stuff other than that, even like. Think I think of, I was probably. Two. Five or six, probably. Yeah. Well, I think about even like when we were, sorry, just definitely gingerly. Ginger, is, is the term gingerly? Gingerly touch Sean's kneecap, and now he is much. Do you want to? You want a leg rub? He's a lot farther. I would be totally fine with giving Sean a leg rub because he's a brother to me. But he is so hairy, I want to puke. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, there is no barber that can contain me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, think about this too. Like, even when like you were like eight, nine, ten years old, um, and you would come out with like we'd even like run down to the rent like below our parents' house and and paintball and stuff. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't think our drive to be outside would have been affected too much, like, if our dad wasn't in. I mean, but maybe because if dad wasn't into it, he wouldn't have supplied the, you know, the weaponry, the the money. I mean, we you have no money at that age, usually. Let me ask you guys this question. So, obviously, you guys grew up doing sports and things like that. Was there, like, a lot of instances... Like, obviously, when you became of age or even maybe before when you kind of got that itch to want to be hunting with your dad, that you kind of were like towards the, like, let's say you had like a wrestling tournament on a weekend and it was going to end on a Sunday early enough for you guys to still, like, your dad was still wanting to go out and, you know, for the evening hunt or something. Um, Did you guys ever feel like during that you were like, I kind of want to get out of here? And I want to go hunting. Like, did you guys ever feel that? 
with sports? Sports usually came first. That didn't happen to me until I was in college. When I was playing college football, you could not leave, right? Like you were, and, and I, I, I drew a, a weird circumstance, right? I was a second string center. I traveled, but they wanted me to keep my red shirt. So I had to do everything. I not only had to travel, but I had to do everything the red shirts did. So I was doing football seven days a week. Right. And I remember it got to a point where I hadn't gone I the entire hunting season. And we played Rocky, which would be the local team here in Billings. Right. And I begged the coach. I was like, can I stay overnight? And games would have been on Saturday. So in a normal week, it would be game Saturday, Sunday lift, right? Right. And so I was like, hey, could I like lift with the a different group on Monday if I can stay and hunt on Sunday? And that one Sunday was the only time I got to hunt that whole year. Right. I mean, college sports definitely take me. You shot a deer. Because like my. I don't think so. You sure did. Which one was that? Four by one. No, that was my senior year of high school. Are you sure? Yeah, because my ex-girlfriend was with me. But she would have been with you in college. You think so? I think so. I think you came back. Let me go look. You guys keep talking. Well, I mean, I can. I, I can, can look. somehow. I you look it up. I can go somehow relate Facebook. to that a little bit because, like, my it would have been two thousand thirteen. My other brother-in-law, that uh, Addison's brother, he's a he plays football for Carroll right now, and I think he's kind of like seen kind of like what we've done with. I don't want to speak for him, but he, I think he like I've talked to him about hunting quite a bit and uh he's kind of interested because like he went out like his dad like larry took him out and um he shot a deer you know when he was like just got done with hunter safety and stuff and he had it hanging in his room or whatever for for a long time and uh after chatting with him you know that he's older now um he's kind of like wants because like he's got friends that you know they'll go do their their practice stuff during september and, and then like sometimes if they don't have class or practice on a day, which is rare, they'll like split off and go archery hunting. And he's had some buddies like that. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I mean, he's not hard pressed into getting into archery, but he, I've talked to him about like, Hey, if you know, if you want to go like hunting sometime or, you know, like, just let me know. And he's like, well, it's hard obviously with college football, but he's like, I've talked to him about like some of their open weekends, you know, when they have no games or something, he's, he's kind of been giving me that idea. Like, well, maybe I could go with you, you know? Can I drop something on you guys real quick? And I want to get your thought on it. And I don't know if you've already planned something, but I've been thinking. How many how many weeks do you guys feel that you really have left to go try and shoot an elk? In archery? Yeah. One. Not even one. Let's we have two we have two days. You're right. That was senior year. It was. Did I shoot anything in 2013? Mm, Antelope or anything? Ducks. That was it. Ducks. Well, and turkey. I was you shot a turkey. In 13? No, that was 14. That was when I had moved back. Oh, yeah. No, you didn't do much. I didn't do any. That was just that one day, and then... But I was able to duck hunt one, because uh, there was a spot that we hunted. God, you look fucking ridiculous. You know what's crazy is that... Well, Ral used to be a big goatee guy. That's terrible. <laughs> like you know what's crazy is the area that you were in... doesn't even look like him. He can't see that, can he? No. The area that you were in during college that time, I mean, like, I've... 
primo hunting it. I yeah, I've never done it, but I've heard from like I'd, I had a lot of friends that went to Western and stuff, and like that area over there is like holy shit. Well, if you either wanted to make the four hour trip from here or live there, like doing what you guys do in the mountains is so doable up there. Yeah, I think it's I. <clears throat> But it's personally, been hounded by wolves and a lot of people. Personally, too. though, I would say that it's better than where we go because I'm at a current situation with where we hunt that I am sort of fed up, which is tough because like you can't get fed up. But I mean, it is. It's just so tough. Like the pressure, you can't even, you can't even like instinctively decide like the hunting factors that you have and like what you like your knowledge of the area, you can't build anything off of it because of the pressure and just the style of elk hunting there. It's just become very mentally draining to a guy. That well, only kind of interesting is that does lead me into my question I was going to have for you. What's that? So what, what have you guys? So I, what I was saying here with you have realistically, are you hunting this weekend? Yeah. Antelope. So, Oh, you're not hunting elk this weekend? No. So you're going to hunt elk the following weekend? The last weekend, yeah. So this weekend's probably the last weekend for me. Right. Because I have so much going on. Well, and you might reconsider antelope hunting a f- different weekend unless you think you need to get out opening day. That's the plan. Because there's some family event next weekend, but regardless. Which is? Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it later. Um. So I, I really see us having limited opportunities. It's been a tough season. We've definitely put in the hard ass work, but the way I look at it is if God forbid, I do not strike a bull this weekend. I was wondering for the tapping. That's just the, I was wondering what you guys thought because it doesn't sound like we're going to do the opening day hunt with our deer hunter anymore. With me tagging along with you guys up to try and shoot one with a rifle on opening day. Well, we can't. That's we got Warren's tag. But just that Saturday, you don't think Dad would put it, put it away to go do I that? No, that's tough. I think he's. Pretty, I'm not going to ask you know, him to do You that. know, there's not going to be elk in there that opening weekend. It's going to be middle of November till they move. False. In. Well, two I mean, years ago when I went out there with Garrett, it was just me and Garrett opening day. There was an entire right, herd right. But I mean, you gotta you gotta put into perspective that our our camera work and everything has been very low low percentage right now which i'm not i'm not saying that we're gonna do it but i'm just saying like oh you want to use that opportunity to get some film it's gonna be on a whim no i'm saying our camera opportunity on the on the property that warren's gonna be hunting with oh yeah yeah yeah. i'm just saying they're gonna be there at some point it's gonna be a whim i think every time because i don't think that we're gonna accurately be able to track them unless our next go around of checking cameras is phenomenal well, I don't think, or your your real time experience is going to have to affect it too, right? But I mean, my thing is, <laughs> I've hunted out there on that property now for what three years, and obviously, I mean, obviously, we haven't touched that section of it so much on opening of rifle and things like that, but we've definitely gone through it and haven't seen in the, at least the last three years. Any elk. I mean, really. But I will say, of the entirety of like us... Like every time you're not there. The entirety of us going there, have we had a year that we've never seen one? No. And, and that's positive, I would, I guess. It's going to be tough. I think there's other options, though. 
You know what I mean? I think that area completely, from my opinion, is an area that it can change your mind really quickly about what it can produce. And it can also shut you down and drive you to think that this area is trash. But you're going to you're gonna disagree with me because I know you guys are going to want to put on boot miles. But I genuinely think the way that you'd have to do that place every time looking for elk is just hammering it. And getting anywhere, everywhere you can be as soon as possible because they're either going to be in there. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like a situation where 8 o'clock, all of a sudden, they're like coming into the area. Right. They're either there or they're not. So you need to hit every single possible spot. You know, like, honestly, right now, and I don't know where Ramsey's at, but my opinion on, like, the high percentage areas is going to be the up top kind of, like, where it drops down that big coulee there. On the, on that, a lot of bulls there. That section, because last year, we had a camera on one of those fences there, Um, it's a fence in the middle of a field that the landowner owns both fields, Yeah, right. which doesn't really, I mean, a fence is a fence. It's not a big deal. Um, I have multiple cameras on fences. It's just, there's nothing against it as long as you're on yours. Like we keep our camera on our side of the fence. Right. Right. But we tracked, I don't know if it was the same bull. could have been, probably was cause I saw multiple pictures of him, but I guess I didn't check them almost postseason like you did but we had that same bowl i mean he was coming back and forth across that that trailhead there mm-hmm. and i think that's a high per- percentage area but also i don't think that that's me that uh i don't think ramsey and i have actually done no, I know for a fact that Ramsey with me, we have never done some serious elk hunting on this property. I don't think we have. I'm actually genuinely bummed that I won't. Like, I, the only reason I was, well, I could go with you guys opening then. You could. Well, that's, I was going to ask you that tonight too, because I was thinking about it after we got the phone today. I was like, I was like, I wonder if Riley's going to be upset that he couldn't be like there for his dad to shoot his first bull. Being, you know, no, I kind of got a taste of it. I mean, it, I would rather it be done. And actually, I know that that Ramsey, whether you're there or not, will help get it done. Like, I, I have a lot of confidence in that. So, like, it, no, no, it won't bother me. I would actually be pretty, pretty excited. Kind of like uh, when you shot your that that buck was the first deer you shot without me, I think, last year, and that was like I had mixed feelings about it. I think it's the, I think it is. Like you there in general or you right there? Well, I wasn't right there when you shot your big, big one, but. <clears throat> right. Or the one in Nye. I mean, I was there. You were there, but you weren't there. I wasn't, wi- I was with you. Every, I've been with you every time you've harvested anything, except for your biggest antelope and your biggest deer. Actually, both antelope <laughs> that are on the wall. I wasn't there for either of them. Yeah, I usually just take dad. I know, but like... Because you always put in for the 900. I do have mixed feelings. But you, I mean, you were even there when I shot my bull. Kind of. In a way. Does it in any way because of, (coughs) obviously, your circumstance that comes September and, you know, through the hunting season, do you ever feel like, like, I don't even know how to say this, but do you ever feel like... You miss out. Do you get with FOMO? Us. Um, like that's what I'm saying. Because like you know, like you look at 
I don't, I mean, I don't want, I'm not coming at you in any way, but I'm just. No, like, that's fine. Go ahead. Cla- I'm classifying it like all the hush guys and those like, they, they like, they kind of do hunts together and things like that. And companies do hunts together. And I get your guys' scenario because you guys aren't hunting majority of the season because you're, yeah. you're guiding, you know, people that have paid to be there. Right. But do you ever like feel like that? Sometimes we're like, shit, I, you know, like I wish we could be hunting with these guys more. Um, I would say like the first year I did it, there was a lot of that just because it, you know, this is the first year. So it, it was new. It was new. Yeah. And, um, this year, not as much, but I will say, um, and no offense to either of you. Well, there is a, there is a point where I do, um, well, I, I got to go with you guys antelope hunting once last year. I don't know if I got to go deer hunting or not. Well, it was nice last year that you, I don't think I hunted at your guys' mm-hmm. place one time last year. Yeah, you did. Not not with, with you. You, yeah, you he came took, with dad. No, he took shot. he went out with me and he was calling for and me. And then that one morning he sat with dad and me and you sat in that other spot. Oh yeah, yeah. When when Warren and you guys went on that hike and then we went up above. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I, I believe you. I just in I the just, solar we, well. Sometimes we, oh we, yeah, 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 yeah. We dumped yeah. you guys in the dark and we're like, see ya. <laughs> yeah, was that archery? Yeah. So I that didn't was, do any rifle no, out there. No, 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 no. But that was the thing though, is that was that weekend was the opener of Antelope last year. Cause yeah, we mm-hmm. all came up from the oh, bottom. No, I, hunted, I think I hunted antelope with you guys a couple of times because yeah. I went there and I also went the southern side. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. I did a little bit, but not yeah. not as much as I definitely have in the past. And and this year will be less, unfortunately. You know the funny. Well, I lied. I hunted with Ramsey all of Thanksgiving week. Okay, you know what the funny? We did forget about the that. funniest thing is though is like what? one of the one of the most memorable moments I think I have from hunting was that we that weekend that you and i went out archery oh, I shit my pants <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't gonna say it but. <laughs> yeah, i'm past caring anymore but no that shared, was uh, with my guides or my uh, clients the other day we all had sh- shitting our pants story so i had to tell them how how embarrassed of me you were <laughs> you didn't necessarily shit your pants i just shit on them you shit on them <laughs> yeah but you know what's funny about that is he didn't tell me until like weeks week later weeks later <laughs> i'm like the funniest thing about it is if there, was a, that night. if there was a drone on me and it would just see me butt ass naked in the woods just trying to clean this. <laughs> Anyways, we're not going to go you there. You know what the funniest thing about that whole trip was? Was the fact that Riley, when I'm like sitting down below him and he's probably like 80 to 100 yards above me calling and I'm sitting there not knowing what's going on because I'm not hearing shit. Where the fuck was I? I don't I, remember. I don't know what you were doing. Racing. Probably, but he starts bugling. You were in a very blind, you were in a blind spot though. Yeah. And he starts going crazy and raking trees. And I'm like, to like myself, I have no idea what's going on because like, I'm in like the like black pit of nothingness. Cause I can't, I haven't, I haven't heard anything. And he, I just hear Riley start lip balling and freaking raking trees and stuff. And I'm like, what is this guy doing to myself? I'm like, what, what is going on? And then when I come to meet him, he's like, Oh, there, there was a bull like 80 yards above you. And I was like, he goes, you didn't hear a bugle. I'm like, you know, the same uh, situation happened to me. Like literally two days ago, we were in this like cut and it, it was like, it was a funnel that we'd found as we've been hunting. And on the, I w- let's just say like the left side, right. Is a, is an opening on the right side is like how they come in. And the elk were bugling on the left side. So I was over there calling. And I mean, I'm not kidding. I would just do like a light chuckle, instantly have a, a locate bugle straight up on top of me. And so we, I was just pl- playing with these elk for hours and hours and hours. And 
we made the mistake of not watching our other side. Had a bull come in with, and, and we're calling, so right, we're not actually hunting. And our guys are set up below us, just like how you guys would do. And they come right up on on me and Matt at like 15 yards. And all you heard, all of a sudden, you just hear stomping feet and breaking trees, and turn around and see him running away. But that happens more than more than you think. You guys are probably happen to happen to you, and you don't even know. But to answer your question, I was talking about. Um, I forgot that you and I hunted most of Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. So we did get some. But to go back to Sean's question of, of FOMO, I actually have been thinking a lot lately how it's actually bummed me out how little I've been able to hunt with Josh over the last couple of years because that was, you know, historically the person that I was hunting with, right? And and him and I talked about it the other day and it, and we probably won't be able to do anything until duck season, which is fine. And I think we kind of have the lockdown on that now, so we could do a lot more of it and mm-hmm. and have a good time. But yeah, I, I will say uh, I do. I miss hunting with my dad, probably. Yeah, for sure. Until he gets grumpy. He's going to listen to this and talk sh- and think we're talking shit about him. But <laughs> um, no, I do. I, I definitely do. But I think we make up for it. You know, like... Uh, Making up for that Thanksgiving trip last year, like we we had so many good memories from that, and it was so action packed that it that was a wild more. weekend for sure. It was. You I mean, see that many elk out there? Um, I literally have, and I I don't want to say this, and like I just want to get you an idea of what, what's been going on going on with me for the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm not saying this to brag, but I bet you I've seen over a thousand elk in the last like eight days. It's been the most unreal. Like I literally, I was talking to an old friend of mine that's uh that's a priest. And I, I don't like, I'm not going to get that way on the podcast, but I will say like, you know, I, I'm open to say that I have a faith, right? We've kind of talked about it before. And uh, we were just talking back and forth about like just how blessed I feel spiritually to be able to like have gotten those experiences. It was just, I mean, people, it's part of the 0.0001% of the earth that gets to experience what I experienced. And it was, and that was without anyone killing a bull. You know what I mean? Which is. I don't know. It was just, it was unreal. Not the outcome you want, but sometimes. Oh man, I just, I wouldn't trade it for. Satisfying enough. I mean, we had that same. We did. I mean, it's just crazy, man. Like being in. It's more crazy that that's what we had last weekend. And this weekend I went out there and it's silent. Well, I want to know the science about like what's really going on right now, because I think they're having like different periods of rut. Full moon. Because I'm not shitting you. We went opening weekend. They were definitely rutting. I mean, I was getting bugles. I was getting responses. I was getting cow. I was. They were clearly pushing cows opening weekend. Next weekend, dead silent. Dead, completely silent. No bugles. The only elk we were getting into is what we were spotting, stalking. And then I missed a week, so I didn't really know what was going on, right? And then this last weekend was just absolute rut fest. I'm it's talking- gotta be, It's got to be the cows. It really does. Like, if the cows aren't- Very, very true. If the cows aren't ready- like the bulls, yeah, they might like that's the thing though, is like think about it in this instance. Like these all these bulls are going crazy second weekend, right? Or opening weekend, because the cows are not just mewing, they're giving them some asterisk calls and things like that. They're gonna start going crazy because they're like, I'm I'm I need to do this, right? And then let's just say that phase of those cows that were doing that, like the they were giving out asterisk calls throughout that. They that window closes the next weekend you go that entire week that 
the bull, the bulls might have been bugling because maybe you know Monday, Tuesday, possibly Wednesday, the cows were giving estrus calls, and then they quit for two days. Those bulls are not going to be bugling. They don't want to be bugling. The only reason they're doing it is because they're horny as shit and they want to find a cow. <laughs> and I think Ramsey's onto something too. I, we've had two full moon cycles already. It was opening weekend and this last week, and it sucks. I mean, you're, we we camped out both those times. You could see, you could literally walk around with no light at, at night. And the weather here and bugling. All the weather's too. been weird. It's either been ninety five degrees or fifty degrees and raining, and I think that has a big play on it too. Because we've had that before with deer, right? You might not see shit for two days. It's like 80, 70 degrees and sunny. And then all of a sudden it snows and there's deer literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. It used to happen a lot in the place we started out. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know what's weird is like we've, I've seen the most mule deer where we oh, are tree hunting. Dude, talk about mule deer. So just so all the listeners know, I, Sean was not able to go cause he was dog sitting goosey boy. But, uh, I went out by myself this weekend. I bet I saw more mule deer Saturday and Sunday than we have all season combined. What do you think of that picture? There's only one buck in there that I would shoot. Yeah, the one middle one. Middle one. Mm, far two, left. Two from the left. Far left. No, middle one. Far left is by far the biggest buck in that, and I will. No. Wait, let me look at the picture again. It's far left. It's far left is the biggest buck no, in that. but you're getting camera distortion here. That's a lot bigger of a tie. It's, it's got little fucking dinky tines on it. It might be a little bit wider. No, for sure the left one. The I, left one is a is a mature buck. I'd shoot the one in the middle. He's got a lot more junk, but Sean likes crab claws. Yeah, well, the one on the left also has a kicker, and I'm gonna kick you. It's got deep forks. Deep forks is why I would. That's shoot a twenty. It. That's a twenty-five inch buck. The other one might be like a twenty. I'm gonna say the other one's wider. By a yeah, the one inches. might be a twenty. He's got a split here too. He's definitely. I'm going to guess the one in the middle is twenty five. The one on the outside is twenty three. I don't know. I'm going to say that because the middle one is the biggest one. It's wider, but it's not. You got to think. It's got, weak, his it's ears, got weak backs. His ears aren't laying flat. Yeah, but I think you're getting camera distortion there. Mule deer ears lay flat is about twenty five inches. He's up a little bit, and that's all. I mean, different deer have different ears. You know. But I would put the one in the middle of 25 and the one on the outside of 23. You know, it's crazy. The one on the left looks very similar to that buck that... Uh, Josh shot. No, that uh, I found dead. That dead head I took a picture with the other day. Very similar. Also, we'll put these, we'll put this picture on. Well, I guess... We're not doing a video. So. A video oh, this today. is also another two, a second uh, audio only just based off of... Uh, we're in crunch time. It's hunting season, so we're just the camera gear. Uh, the, camera is all. Is, the camera gear is with the hunting stuff because we are putting together a project right now. Yeah. So we're doing a lot of film. So Wait, it's can we talk the about the one that's two from the right and how fucking weird that deer is? <laughs> he is a goofy looking. That thing's got thirty inch main beams and so, all. So that one in the middle does have a good frame, like a bottom frame, and that's the thing I've had with the deer. Yeah, but you're gonna you, like, you can't see that right side. His left, you can't see yeah, that. Yeah, but you can see he's got crab on that one. That's like a, I know, that's a you, super weak back. Look at his eye guards, though. They're bigger than any of the other deer in there. I'm not going to base anything off eye guards. That, I, that is a mature deer. That is... They're that, both... Both the ones on the left are mature If deer. I was guiding, I would have my client shoot the one on the far left. Okay, well, the okay. one in the center, if nobody kills him this year, is going to be a fucking giant. <laughs> well, he's got, he's got a good... So if you look at The Ramsey's, one in the middle is heavier than the rest of them. Ramsey's five by six. If you look at it, it... And I am counting the six because it has a broken kicker. But 
it's got that same big curvature on the bottom half. If that thing has anything grown out the back, it's it's a that's a 160, 170 deer. I maybe I think you're still 130, 140. Yeah. These are I mean, these are good bucks. I mean, they're they're not they're prospects. I don't think they're this year's deer for you guys. Yeah. Personally, if I had to pick one, it would be the one on the far left. Same. Personally, hunting wise, I probably wouldn't shoot any of them. Well, that's coming that's from not, you. That's not true, though. I'd probably shoot the one on the far left. That'd be that'd be far bigger than any mule deer I've ever shot. Wouldn't you agree? I bet you the 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 one on the and it would be way better if the, the like if the picture was taken on an iPhone instead of mashed potato. <laughs> We could we could dive into this a little I know, more because that that one on the far left could very well. Be we actually like saw a buck the other day that was bigger than that. Sixty inch deer. We saw we saw a buck the other day that was bigger than that. Uh, me and Matt did. Oh, um, he's been sending me pictures lately. What the hell did he? Well, we had some. He well, I was so into hunting mode and bugling. Uh, the one because we had a scenario where we were in a herd of probably eighty elk and nine or ten bulls. And there was four clearly dominant bulls in there. One that was an absolute, I'm not kidding you, one of the biggest elk I've ever seen. It had been the biggest elk if it didn't have a broken fifth. Um, it had a broken fifth with, with like a 30-inch drop tine. Unreal. Unreal elk. Like you don't see that all the time. No. And he was controlling the shit, but like him and I were going, I mean, I was I was literally having to just keep my bugle in the corner of my mouth and just like, he'd, he'd let a uh, fucking just a gnarly ass, I mean, you heard the video that Matt put, right? Mm-hmm. Just him absolutely going crazy. And then I would just like back at him. And then it would just be like one and over here, one over here, one over here. And I actually called a satellite in and this is what's crazy. And, is, and I guess, you know, I'm, I don't want to come off like like this because this is a private land amenity and that is my satellite bulls are like 350 bulls which is which is insane right so i'm picking off the satellite bull i got them at 80 yards just standing broadside and i and i i can't do anything right which sucks but you know it's nice to see elk but anyways what were we talking about before that the one thing I was going to get into is what, like our our experience with with Ramsey. Pretty much, I would say the closest this year he's gotten to drawing his bow back, which is very disgusting to even think about. But that instance Saturday morning when it was super foggy and like shooting light, right for us right. was what it was like six. 30 something yeah and we're like we're like okay you know like we get down into prime time and i told i told riley this story as well a little bit but when we came down that stretch and come on, moose. Moose, but i anyway. almost call the moose goose is a uh, heavy on the bone right now so that's what you're hearing but um, i can't really i don't think we can hear it that well i don't think so but uh, when when we came down that hill and then we got that, we jumped that bull, right? We jumped the bull. It's foggy as shit. I mean, you couldn't even see 30, 30 yards probably. Yeah, I mean, max. And so we're like, well, great. And uh, it's well, I mean, it was, I think it was like 730 at this time. So it was well into shooting light. And when we come down, jump that bull, the craziest thing is, is like, you can tell very well that when you jump an elk 10 after you, seven 
was it? That you know it's a bull when you jump it and you hear trees crash and then you can go and cow call once and that thing will stop dead in its tracks and you won't hear trees anymore. And so when we got to that point, Ramsey was already the lowest. And so I started going up the hill trying to get it way above him to start bugling. We had some inexperienced members with us that are that are great guys. They just haven't done a lot of archery hunting. And uh, right. um, nothing was their fault. Like, I'm not leading into saying anything that, that they did was their fault. Um, but no. Uh, anyway, so I get above him. And I mean... This bull bugles, right? And I'm like, okay. You guys went back and forth for probably 20 minutes. He's ready to party. But the thing was, is he never gave me a true, like, I'm ready to, like, tussle bugle. Like, it was the almost like the same thing over and over again, you know? It was like a, there was no growl in the beginning. It was just kind of like a, a short spurt of deep and then right into that high pitch he did chuckle at you once he did and then that was when i remember because chad uh chad was right next to me at that point and i looked at him and i was like i'm like dude this guy might be ready to get like ready to party and so and that was the whole thing that i like i didn't want to start raking trees or doing anything because he wasn't giving me that bugle that was like saying like hey like I'm I'm right here. Like let's, let's do let's something. do some Irish car bombs. Right? Yeah, like he wasn't ever giving me that, and so I didn't want to do that because I felt like it would. It, I mean, obviously in those scenarios, if it's just like a satellite or something, you can scare him off pretty easily by giving him a lip ball and breaking trees. My guess was because I could see his legs at one point in time when we first jumped off the road when he came back about twenty yards towards us in that new growth. I could see his feet. And they're only like seven foot tall trees. So the fact that I couldn't see horns, I'm guessing young it bull. was a young raghorn. But the thing was, is he was he was leading off. Like my opinion on that bull, because I never saw him, was he wasn't. I I thought he might have been a satellite because obviously he didn't have cows with him. But but didn't we decide that he might have? Yeah, but that was the thing. Is is Chad kind of gave me that look like he heard a mew, and I was like. I don't think it was because then when we, we followed his tracks, all we saw was bull tracks. There was no, there was no cow tracks. I think he was buying because we would have been with the amount of cow calls that you and I were doing together. We would have heard some, I mean, obviously right. later that day, you know, it was way later in the day, but once we were giving off cow calls, we heard that. But, uh, I will say your just your explanation of the story makes me think as a young bull, like before you even said that I was thinking the same thing because I think he was in that middle area. I, I really do because like that area, I think he might have been because that's the thing though. Was like look at the look at the bull that we jumped later that or the next day. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had nine cows with him, if not more. I can't. And remember. there was no other bull in that group that was bigger than him. Right. And he was maybe he was about a, the size of Riley. I mean, he was maybe a two hundred and sixty inch five point, which could have just been because it was early and nothing's got pushed out. Yet. Well, that was the thing though. Is he was. But they didn't make any noise until they got down below. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. I was it bugling? Yeah, oh yeah. Once they got down into the canyon after we jumped him, yeah, there was he was you could hear him. He'd like seventy five yards away. I'm just wondering if you were just there way before the rut. Fifty yards away. Well, that was the thing though. Just because like, they're bugling, it doesn't mean they're rutting. Well, I know. But I don't know though. But we, then I go out there in the same area this weekend and don't hear anything. But that was the thing, Riley. Is we didn't hear any cows 
all day. And as we were coming down that hillside, we were in probably seven to eight bulls going bonkers all the way down that hillside. And then we didn't hear a single cow until about four o'clock. And then once four o'clock hit, cows started going nuts. I mean, they were, they were, they were mewing eight, 10 times in a row going crazy right below us. Yeah. You could have been showing up like right as it was happening too. Like right as stuff was going. When I was, I mean, I had responses. I could get responses. It was very, well, the reason that it kind of felt like it was a little early was I was getting responses from cow calling a lot later than I would a bugle because they would bugle. I'd cow call, cow call, cow call a little bit. And I'd like to know the science behind that too. And I, I, I do find us to be experienced elk hunters, but I still think there's like more in-depth stuff that I'd like to know. And I'd like to know, like, is it because they're getting called at and like so much is going on? Why our cow calling is way more successful the first couple weeks than like literally the only thing that was working was me ripping hard, like working bugle talk, which uh, elk language as, as you would, you would right, call it, right? For sure. That's the only thing that was working really well. I mean, of course, if I threw out a couple, couple nice, you know, chirps at them, it would get them to bugle. But the only like hardcore talk that I had was just talking back and forth bugling. Whereas the beginning of the year, you, you throw out, I mean, our hoochie mama expert was out there mewing left and right getting bugles all day long and then this last weekend it was like the only thing that was really successful was bugling so like this weekend when i was out by myself i would i'd walk about 250 300 yards and i'd throw out just a mew and then a couple more mews and then at the end, I'd wait about another 15 seconds and I'd do a, like an estrus mew, like a meow, you know, nothing. And then I'd wait about 45 seconds after that and then I'd just do a single locate bugle. And I did that for seven miles all the way down a canyon, not one peep. I heard two bugles, but they were very far away. So... I don't know. That's all my calling expertise. I was out of options. <clears throat> Riley, with with what you just said, I like my opinion on that with uh, when calls work and things like that. My opinion is based off of, I think the bulls know the time of year and they bugle even before cows get interested. And I think from what we learned in the area that we were, that Bulls that bugle back and forth, if you like that canyon we dropped down, and I'm not kidding you, like that entire canyon was erupting in bugles as we were coming down it, trying to get closer. I think they're they're more or less saying like, hey, I'm here. Like I'm 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 over here, like I'm ready, you know, like you know, what's up? They're not like they're not getting ready to fight, they're not doing any of that stuff. And if there's no cow muse, cow muse are what obviously the estrus calls is what brings the bulls to meet the cows, right? So when you look at it, if the cows aren't going off, the bulls might still bugle because they're like, I'm ready. Why aren't you? You know what I mean? And there's a, I think there's a lot of thought that goes into that, that, that some areas that bulls can be more into the rut, obviously, as guys are. I was, I was just waiting for you to stop. I was going to say, usually the guy is interested. For well, it. the other thing that I was thinking about too is like maybe because of circumstantial, 
we're with a herd bull fighting off, you know, we're fighting for, we're fighting for cows at this point where I was at a couple of days ago, you know what I mean? Versus like bulls just trying to pick up cows. Right. Do you, do you feel like, uh, cause like I, Ramsey and I talked about this last year when we had, you know, we archery hunted private land, but do you feel like on private land, there's like a lot of the, a lot of the elk that you get to talk to are not herd bulls because herd bulls kind of stay quiet because they well, already have all their cows. I, I don't know if it's that, but I, I will say that I definitely know that we got into some elk in the last week that have not been even called at like legitimately like wild, wild ass elk. And I think that's why I had a lot of success bugling. And I don't know. That's a cool that you brought that up because I was thinking like maybe the elk, because there is so many people where me and Sean hunt is I wonder if everyone that was up there heard the cow or elk bugling. And so there just was a, just a shit ton of call pressure. Yeah. And now it clicked in their head because they've been there for a few years that like, Hey, it's hunting season. We need to shut up. Could be. I mean, my thing is though, is because like, I've always heard in the area that we're hunting, I've always heard, Oh, the bulls are, the bulls are nocturnal. They always come in silent. You don't ever hear a bugle up yeah. there. I've always, always, always heard that. And I've heard more bugles this year than I've heard in the last probably 10 years. Well, I think the technology is different too compared to what we did like 10 years ago. And I think that what what these companies are, and especially Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls, is putting out um, is very successful. It's very well put together. And I think that's why we do very well calling anymore. And I've been getting told for 10 years that private land, you, you can't bugle at bulls, you'll scare them away. And I think it's bullshit. I have been so successful. And I will say like successful I successful in a calling standpoint. Yes, and and maybe I'm trying to figure out still what I need to do to get him in close enough. That bully you shot last year you didn't bugle out one time. No, you? we cow called it in. Yeah. But which is very easy for little bulls. The first bull I ever called in was a spike. Cow called him off of my that was my first year I'd ever learned how to diaphragm. So I already know it wasn't great. And he came in anyway. So young bulls are different. It's just like uh Speaking of which, somebody learned how to use a diaphragm. I heard that. I heard that you've been working on that. And it was not great last weekend with Sean and Chad and Sven. It sounds pretty good now. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna toot my own horn too much, but I've been leaving my diaphragm and my uh, bugle tube in my car, and so my thirty minute drive to work and my 30 minute drive home i've just been literally ripping bugles the entire drive yeah i think that's the best way to learn i think that's yeah, how you did it too that's how i did it that's yeah. how you did it well you think about the first time i learned how to do it we were just at work and i would just be working on stuff just like you you know <laughs> everyone in there hated no, me, it was but. more like in the beginning it was like yeah no it was like no this is exactly what it was like yeah there was a lot of you were doing the same thing it took you forever to, to understand that you need to put the diaphragm up in your mouth. See, and it so Rocky you had a Mountain, lot of air loss. Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls makes a call that's made to go on the back of your teeth, which works great for me. That brown one that we found, Sean, yeah, is one of those calls. Mm. Like I looked on the package and said it's made to go all the way to your teeth, which works really good for me because I have such a small palate. Up which you there. and you've had your teeth done, so that kind of makes sense in a way. Your jaw might be different than a normal human. What? I had braces, really. <laughs> 
But am I not wrong by saying that? Doesn't that make sense? Like you've had your teeth worked to be completely f- straight. Yeah, but it doesn't make your jaw, like your palate any bigger. Yeah, I guess you're right. I've, I have a small mouth. You I'll do just, have, you I have, have a small I have teeth. small teeth and a small mouth. And like, I also had to cut all of my mouth. diaphragms. What? What? What did you say? And so... What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just see if that's in on the edits. Um... 47 minutes. 48 <laughs> minutes. What did you say? Um, I said exactly what you think I said. Okay. Oh, I lost my train. Um, but yeah, I, I cut all my, like I just trimmed the edges off of the diaphragm. Which is kind of a suggestion that Josh had for you. And until it fit in my mouth to where I wasn't gagging on it. or And it's weird because you guys kept telling me like once... You figure out how to get the air to it. You can literally feel it slap the roof of your, roof of your mouth. and oh, like it suctions it, up. It finally happened, and I was like, whoa. You know what I think is interesting is it took me, like, I obviously had that for years now, but it wasn't until this year that it's in a place that's like a muscle memory. Like, it, like it, like it just, because I, I was going to ask you guys about this, and I, I only think there's a dog in Ramsey's lap now, so that's what that just was. It's so cute. Hi, Goose. Goose, gooser. I love labs. Anyways, um, I want to compare this to wrestling. And I don't know how you got in wrestling. I don't know if you had ice in your veins or whatever. But no matter what the circumstance was, even if even if I had a scrub in front of me, I would get that little bit of like, what would you call it? Like nervousness walking out. And then when you get out there, like the first thing in my mind is like, what move am I going to shoot? Like, am I going to fuck it up? I have the exact same thing with calling. I always get nervous on my first bugle of the day. Is anyone else that way? A hundred percent. Because you're like, man, I this is my warm up. This is my chance. Am I gonna I always, I am I gonna always fuck up my only first. opportunity? I have to warm up, dude. Like when we're in like like, like we'll be we're, in the ranger driving to somewhere to hide. And I'm just like, yep, you, I'm definitely you, cow calling. You, you. And but I'm a like, bugle is so much different. And I'll also I say there is a lot to be said about making sure that your call is wet. Oh, for sure. And but there's also a point where it can get too wet, which I did have that at one point. So like I had to swap diaphragms. I've been keeping uh I got four loaded right. So you know how side. Matt made me cut my patch off so I can slip them in there? Yeah. Well, I've been keeping my white Rocky Jacobson edition of Rocky Mountain Hunting called Diaphragm. Did you buy the, the white one? I love it. White I, and black. I've been rocking white and black lately. I bought the white one too. I got the blue one. Well, it's like the, you it's the, the white one with flames, mm-hmm. right? And then the black one with flames. Dude, that one's the non-latex. Did you know that? I had no idea. The white one with flames is non-latex. It's for people that have latex allergy. I had no idea. I just, they came in a package. It's also on the advanced side. Plug. Rocky Mountain Hunting Goals. They came, they came in the same package, so... You bought I'm, the three pack with the black. Yeah, yeah, I've but been the, you know what my best one. I think is? there's the a blue maroon one. one too. Oh, blue one. The black. blue one's hard. The blue one's hard. Blue one, I think. Blue one's easy because I I use the blue one for like young calls, like young cow calls, and then young like if I'm doing like a locate bugle and I want to sound like a satellite, I use the blue, and then like lip balls, and then like sounding like an older bull, I use the red and black. Interesting. I, I have my own theory as well. I have been diehard on the yellow cow call because I think it, it literally the crispest. It's mine too, by the way. No, I, it's actually not. I lost the one you gave me. Oh, well, you know, he was nice. bugling when he like, like earlier in the podcast when we talked about the when Riley went out, he lost his diaphragm on that hike and I had mine 
And then the only other one I had was that yellow, uh, the 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 mama, which is, is they call basically it. designed for, it's cow, for calling. cow calling. And uh, I'll, that was all I had for him. So that was what he was bugling with. Was the with but the, I will say it, it does make a decent young bull, but yeah. you can't you can't like put rasp into it or anything. Like no. it's really high pitched. No. But it will work for just like because sometimes I like to start at like a. I don't know if you guys do this too, but if I'm working different types of calling, one of the moves that I'm going to do is I'll just start at a very high pitch. Like it'll go like that. Locate bugle. Yeah. And I can, I will do that with young call, young bull bugles a lot. I do. That's what I was doing all the way down uh, that seven mile hike that I did is I'd go 250, 300 yards and I'd rip a locate bugle sit there yeah, and a lot of times when i get into a lip ball i do the same way like I, I won't do a growl at the beginning i'll start with just basically really going through my tunes and then lip ball see like locate bugle there shouldn't be like this is from rocky jacobson himself i mean i don't want to quote the guy but a lot of the the seminars i've watched him do like locate bugles shouldn't have that growl no. before because like you're you start out at like you want to sound like somebody that's not like hey i want to fight you it's you just like, want to hey i'm here yeah so like yeah. that's how and then like and then obviously when you get into like but i haven't been doing locate bugles to locate i've just been going through like a normal normal like going through the tunes right and basically you know what i'm saying like it's just that's i've been normal bugling and that's how we've been getting into them. And then when I get in there, it's a lot of like raspy, yeah, short, short oh, yeah. raspy stuff. Like I'm, I'm doing a lot of, and I think, okay, without tuning my own horn, I think I was batting about ninety nine percent this week, which was like I was really proud of myself because not all the time are we hitting on every single course. Just like when you're playing trumpet in band, right? You're not going to hit every single time. I only had one mess up where my lip ball, I missed hitting my note through my thing, and guess what came out? Yeah. Yeah, exactly it. Which is fine because there's so much going on, nothing happened. But what I would start to do since there's four bulls that were talking in unison, the two nasty ones, I would just mimic or try to go right over top of them. And it was just making shit go crazy. Yeah, like I'm not kidding you. Like for for our listeners too, and like you might have, but I don't know if Ramsey has, but like if you guys look up Rocky Jacobson doing elk seminars, talking about elk language, like it is phenomenal knowledge to have because that guy partnered with i can't remember who the other guy was but they have diagnosed elk language almost to a t which is a beneficial tool especially if you're gonna guy who's gonna really because not every elk hunter is going to dive into bugling no because there is other ways i know so many elk hunters that don't know how to use a diaphragm i even talked to garrett this weekend uh, when, cause I was, I called him Saturday night wondering if you were out hunting with him. Yeah, we were checking on you. And, uh, he didn't go and I started talking to him. He's like, oh, you know, he, he said he had a bull coming at like a hundred. Um, then yeah, cal- I talked to him about, so I actually, it's funny that you say that cause <laughs> you called me and there's the weirdest spot that I had cell service. <clears throat> so, you know, the first campground that you come to off the asphalt. Yeah. There's that long straight stretch next yeah. to the hayfield. That's where I got your phone call. Oh, really? I had service right there all weekend. I had service right there. It was really weird and like it wasn't enough. Sir, it was like enough service to send a Snapchat chat. Huh. But I was well, heading into the mountains, and then I was gonna call you when I came back out, but I I forgot. But I actually talked to him about that, and I think 
I know that they had a kid that, with him that knows how to call. But I think the bull was just, he was an old bull and he was smart. Well, I will say, I, we, I personally have been struggling with getting herd bulls and mature bulls off of, off of anything. Yeah. And the strategy that I've been doing that's actually been Always. working, but we ran out of dark a couple times by the time they started closing distance. light, you mean? Or, yes, I ran out of light. <laughs> so you started I'm, sure, getting, I'm sure you had plenty of dark. Which was <laughs> evenings, which historically, you know this, where I go, evenings have been terrible. And Except usually, for the one year. Well, the best time I had this entire year was an evening. And we ran out of light before we could get them in to close the distance. Um, and I kind of learned this the other day is to get them off the cows. And I don't know why it does it, but start barking at them. Right? Because we've had bulls bark at us this year. I've already had it happen several times. And I know that's a bad thing for me. But I started barking and it like pissed. I don't know what it did, but it made a move in on us. Yeah. And well, I, I do like a bark. Ramsey and I had the similar similar thing because like, Obviously, Ramsey is somebody that's new into the into the diaphragm calls. Where you're you're so much more versatile when it comes to calling with with a diaphragm because you can, you know. And and I remember him sitting up there. We were sitting on a old logging road up on top, and I was like, we were just seeing elk bugling the whole time. We were like eating lunch, you know. And we're like, I mean, they were a ways off. We're literally jet boiling, and there's elk just bugling. Yeah, yeah. and so and and we're like sitting there, and I was like, I'm just gonna start trying calls. And stuff, and I started trying to like teach him the the bark. With it, bar, one, barking is like it's hard. One of the hardest things that I I probably learned on a diaphragm. Because, really, because it's just like an it's like a open mouth uh, cow call. Really. You got to have the right Boom. diaphragm though, Boom. because some diaphragm and you have to write, too high pitch. If you had an aluminum bugle tube, it would make your life so much easier because it echoes and it sounds just like a bark. Good old yeah. what what is the what is the one you're getting? Bought it already. What's it called? What PD Whacker? No, what's the one you want? Oh, the Bull Basher. The Bull Basher. That's the one we're gonna promote here because that's what we that's what I use. The Bull Basher is phenomenal. That's the that's the bullshit. He uses a <laughs> Phelps. Did I just get called out? I don't know. I didn't hear it. I don't have my headphones on. Oh, Ramsey just said that I use a Phelps. Uh, no, I don't think you do. Mm, no. I mean, you could see my TikTok, and I might accidentally have a Phelps in my bino harness, but uh, the listen until I knew that Rocky Mountain hunting calls had a metal tube. I've been rocking a Phelps tube. It's just it is what it is. We may have to edit this out. Probably gonna have to, and clear. But the hardest part that I was having with uh with I guess not the hardest part but like Ramsey learning the diaphragm that weekend like it was it was kind of cool because like it, you could really throw anything you wanted to at those elk and they would yeah they would just fun well let's get back to talking about the actual diaphragms themselves yeah so I've been using the the yellow one right I for, I lost it I lost another yellow one so I've been just going back and forth on the the white and the black and I will say I can get a really good cow tone out of that white one so it's been my main one, but I was getting to a point where it was getting the the material, and I guess you're saying it's not latex, so it's got to be whatever synthetic material they're using for that call. Right. Got so wet that I was having a hard time getting the right tone out of it. So then I I've been keeping my black one up and up tucked into my sleeve, and surprise surprise that sleeve's tight enough that I've never 
it stays in the same spot every time. Right. I use my I use my bino harness, the the Vortex uh, guide fitter one or yeah. whatever the guy. It's called the guide something. I had to answer that question on our TikTok. Did you see someone ask that question? It was on the TikTok. Yeah, video. yeah, I did see that. Yeah. So I know what it's called. Let me look it up. It's I, like the guides. It's something guide. Um, but uh, that one real quick has a decent sleeve. I've definitely lost. I lost. Well, that that Rocky Mountain hunting calls turkey diaphragm you gave me over the turkey hunt. Yeah, I lost that one in that vinyl harness. I don't know how, but uh, the service down here is terrible. I just think that like reading like with Rocky Mountain hunting calls, reading their description, the excuse me, (laughs) reading the like description of calls that they have on there is, it is so almost, it's they just call it the, the vortex guide harness. Okay. But the like reading the little paragraph description that you get on, yeah. Well, they've definitely got it figured out. I know they do, and it's like it, it's true though. I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but like like I said, like the blue, I can't think of the name now. This is gonna kill me. But the blue and red flame one is is meant for like satellite mm. and like that, those kind of sounds and young calf calls, and then the red and black is built for like the older bull and get that raspy noise. Well, I can tell that using that black one because I can put out some real hard lip balls and, yeah. and, and like, I can lip ball out of both, it. but definitely the black one. And it's much easier better. too yeah, than so the black one. It sounds way better. And like, that's the thing though, is like you don't get that high pitched noise with the, with the black and red right. that you do with the blue because I can do a locate bugle. I'm going to have to try that blue one. I, I've just, I've just tried the white and the I lost, I actually lost the blue one somewhere. It's phenomenal. I mean, that, that, the, I, I need to look the names up on these really quick because it's driving me crazy. But the, the one's like a raptor, isn't it? Or something like that. I think that's the black and red one's the raptor. But the, the blue one can give you those locate bugles and just make that note so much more symmetrical coming yeah. out. Not like, cause I've ran into diaphragms that, yes, it might have been because I wasn't overly practice with that one but i've ran into that instance where you go to do a locate bugle and you basically just get rid of the the growl in the beginning right and you go into the high pitch and it kind of sounds fake you know what i mean like i've i've ran into that practicing so you're in the woods and then you hear a bull that sounds just like it <laughs> right well and that was i mean it's just tough so i like i like a call that i can i can take the steps up the stairs does that make any sense to you yeah no i want a call yeah. that i that i can go don't 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 and it's not like a don't 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 you know what i'm saying like for it's sure. like you're falling up and down the stairs no for sure. i like to climb the ladder and then let off and that's what i found with that white one i've really become Fond of it. I may carry extras in my pack just because it's yeah. So the the white one is right called the du- double, and it's it is the non latex diaphragm allows the hunter with latex allergies to use this as a diaphragm. The call can create a wide variety of cow and calf sounds in addition to bugles, and then the blue one is called the elk slayer, which is it the latex is stretched to create the nasal estrus cow sounds as well as muse chips or chirps and whines it can also produce the high-pitched satellite bugles and easy octave changes for location bugles that's mm-hmm. why i like it and then the the raptor is the black and red one which is my favorite that says this latex is precisely stretched to produce the older excited cow estrus which makes sense to me because i can hear a, i can hear an octave change yeah within the two um 
It also creates the deeper growls, chuckles, and screaming challenge bugle for herd bulls. Which yeah, that makes sense. I totally agree with. And this is the straight up Rocky Jacobson line here. I mean, I have I have not personally put the white one in my mouth. Um, I don't know if the latex is there. I mean, do you feel like I don't feel difference? any difference? I, I, I until you told me that I didn't even know there was a difference. I just literally got the pack. And I just messed around with ones that like felt good and it puts off a really good meow. Yeah. Meow. 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 Yeah. And so, and then also, like I said, the bugles have been sounding really well. Okay. Like I said, I can do the steps on it, which makes me f- happy. And then I can switch to that black one. I'm ready to just, just really get done. Oh yeah. Like, I, like that's the thing is like, I can lip ball with the blue one being like a higher pitch. Cause I, I personally, I feel like I get that higher pitch sound out of it, mm-hmm. but you can lip ball to an extent. I mean, I don't know how many satellite bowls are going to be lip balling at you ready to go, but like, as far as the black one goes, the black and red one, the, the Raptor, it's, it's just, it sounds more like the fluctuation between sounds, like on those notes that you're hitting is just better Yeah, on the, on a lip ball. It is, it really is. But you know, outside of, we've been talking about diaphragms for a little bit now. I know it's fun though. It's been, it's fun to like, it's kind of like when you, um, how do I, let me think of something that's comparable here. Uh, when you get a new, for you, you get a new thing of golf clubs, right? Yeah. And then you get to go out and actually use them. Yeah. It's nice to do the same thing here. Like you're actually getting out and getting the real time experience, you know, cause we could play with these things all, you know, at the house all, all year long. Yeah. You're not going to really see how well you have learned it as well as how, like, if you've actually pertained the skills tell you're out there in the field right and you know just to for our listeners now like people that are listening to us if you guys really enjoy rocky mountain hunting calls and everything that they offer please get a hold of your boys here at bull mountain brothers as we are dealers now and we can get you everything that you need supplied by rocky mountain hunting calls i'm talking literally every product line that they offer everything we just talked about really we can get you if you're into open reads and you you don't you know you're still straying away from diaphragms um things like that even even some of their deer line turkey line that they do like we can get you guys all of that stuff also if you're somebody that is not keen on diaphragms reach out to us and and you know we have connections with with guys through Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls plus with 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 us um that we can get you kind of situated with a with the right diaphragm and maybe get you some you know teach you some things with the diaphragm and things like that i think that would be something that we would really enjoy doing as a as a group it's a of guys. rewarding process and i think a lot of people would benefit from a uh as they would get a successful hunt out of it but not even that, just being able to harness that that skill brings on a lot of awesome memories. For sure. It really does. It really does. I mean, it's I find joy in, in teaching people diaphragms. I like teaching them how to use it. I yeah. Like it like with, with Josh uh fields that we had on, I mean, like he does that a ton at a lot of the events that Rock My Hunting Calls does and things like that. And I find joy in it. I really do. Yeah. It's kind of rewarding to try and teach somebody a new skill you know i agree and i think that uh i don't know it's it's tough to be at the point where we're already at the end of our our elk hunting season I know because this thing only comes once a year and it's it's already the end but i'm i'm satisfied with the amount of 
memories that I've made this year and the experiences that I will never be able to recreate. Oh, for sure. If I don't get one this weekend, which again, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to put in, if you don't think I'm going to put in the effort, I mean, I'll, if I, if I don't have them bugling and screaming, I'm going to be looking for spot and stock opportunities. Absolutely. I, I will be out there and, and that being, and I want to make one more comment. Well, actually I got a comment on elk hunting a little bit more of a talk about kind of your guys' rifle plan. But first Sean has a good ad read. Speaking of guns. I do. I do. Have you guys heard about our friends over at right to bear? They are a phenomenal company that will back you and protect you and give you even opportunities to learn how to use a gun. Right to Bear is the leading self-defense protection that you can count on. If the moment comes to defend yourself or your family, Right to Bear provides the legal representation, expert witnesses, gun replacement, and even 24-hour hotline for peace of mind. Exactly when you need it most. Sign up at protectwithbear.com that is protectwithbear.com and use promo code BMB10 to get 10% off with Right to Bear. You will never defend your freedoms alone again. Join now with the promo code BMB10 at protectwithbear.com And that is Right to Bear. Go check them out. That is uh, always an awesome group that we like to talk about and good uh, friends of the podcast. So the last kind of thing I have to say here, unless you guys have some subjects to bring up, because um, I think Sean did, but I think we've definitely overplayed our time on bringing that up, unless you guys want to go another another 45 minutes. But my question is, um, I was going to talk to you a little bit about the rifle deal here. With you guys going antelope hunting this weekend and dad having a big time opportunity here in a couple of weeks, are you going to have him come with you? So you can get him shooting your gun quite a bit just to get way more familiar with it. I talked to him and I think he's going to come out with us on Sunday. I think we're going to go east of the highway. <clears throat> nice, nice. But is that a thought you've had about, you know? I feel pretty confident after watching him shoot his elk with it last year. Yeah, I do. I, I do forget about that. I think it scared him because the only experience he ever had with a 300 other than the one I have now was our uncle's. But that muzzle brake's got to help quite a bit. Did it? Have you ever? You've never even shot it. It literally kicks like a 6.5 Greenmore. Really? There's nothing to it at all. I put in for a, a raffle today. Have you seen the Yellowstone football, what they're ra- raffling off right now? <laughs> the yeah, raff- they're raffling off a razor. I know. I, I want that real bad. But if I didn't, there's a $1,500 Shields Visa. Or not Visa, but gift, gift card. card. And you know exactly what I'd be doing with that fifteen hundred. Three hundred PRC. Exactly. I was like, I would love that money, but because I don't know, man. I've been thinking about like, what if I, what if I, I, I don't think. See, here's the dilemma we have because Matt and I were kind of talking about the other day. He's like, well, you know, like there's a ninety-eight percent chance you're gonna at least kill an elk this year, just because of the cow opportunities we have. But I almost don't want to. See, this is a weird, conflicting thing because. Ramsey and I live off of elk, so we have to kill elk. But I like kind of like that. That last weekend shows up, and I don't have an elk kill this year. I would kind of put in a lot of interest in trying to go shoot a bull bull with a rifle. Oh, really? I'd like to do what we did last year. That was a lot of fun. I know, but I'm just like, 
I've never shot one with a rifle, so it like kind of interests me. Never shot one, what a bull. Yeah, but again, I mean, I I would pray to God that I shoot one this weekend with my my arrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's my passion. You know, and that god dang Matthews is a tack driver. I didn't even talk about what happened. Have we talked about it since the last time I shot my antelope? No, I don't think we did. Yeah, at a ridiculous amount of yardage, which I don't. I don't push long yarded shots, but I shot him an 80 and I was, it was a crazy experience. It really was. Um, but that, that gave me the confidence that that Matthews is still just driving tax. And I was going, I will say Sean and I went out and I moved, I got that new string on at the beginning of the year and I was, I was kind of low confidence in my bow. And I moved some things, checked some things out. And there was a couple weeks during archery elk, like the first week that I was kind of scared that I wasn't, you know, anything over 40. And then we were shooting antelope. So I was moving my slider and I'm the kind of person, I, I don't know how you are with your slider, but if you move it, do you have to go like, will you go shoot it at 20 yards to make sure that when you moved it back, that it's still good? No. I do that. And I was shooting the other day and it was just absolute bullseye, 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 bullseye. And so, and then I shot the antelope. And so now I'm like elk situation. I'm not terrified. Did you terrified. move it for the antelope? <laughs> yeah. How did you move it? I moved it all the way down. I mean, that's not how it works, but I'm, I'm glad that. What do you mean? How does it work? You have to sight them in. I know. <clears throat> I didn't move it. I, I made that up right there. Yeah, I put my sixty pin on its back. It just again, I don't advise that, and I probably wouldn't do it again. But it just—I don't know—I was in the moment and made the kind of a poor judgment, and it ended up panning out. I guess I had lost enough arrows shooting antelope this year that I wanted to try one last time. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It gives me a lot of confidence going forward with with elk, but. We'll see how this weekend turns out, and I hope it works out for you. I mean, the good thing going, the really fun thing to, is that I would be excited to see how your guys' week pans out because... I think Rams and I are typically very excited when it comes to antelope hunting. Well, I should be. I mean, there are some big-ass antelope out there, it's too. It's a fun time. I mean, it really is. You guys could really... It's my favorite hunting season. I mean, not that Ramsey needs more stuff for the taxidermist, but there's one out there that I would have zero problem, which I think he's bigger than the one you have. Um, and then there might be two of them because you said there was one up top too. Um, the one up top's a goofy one too. Really? He goes like. I kind of wonder. If, that's exactly how the one on the bottom is. It I literally can, looks like this. I kind of wonder if the one that we saw last year might have got shot. I don't think he got shot. He could have regressed too. He might be regressing. And see, I was talking to one of my coworkers is big time. Like he lives for antelope hunting, like we live for elk hunting. Yeah. And he says. Antelope don't necessarily regress. They just don't get any taller, but they get heavier. That makes sense. That's like, I mean, look at these ones. Look how heavy these are. I shot a buck. The, my my antelope that I just shot was, eh, I don't know if he was as long as that one, but I don't know if you've seen it yet. But he was. Yeah, I saw it in the garage. What, what would you say it is compared to this? It's probably 13 and a half, 14, so probably about the same. But thinner, much thinner. Mm -hmm. He's young. You can see it in his face too. 
The older they get, the more black they get in their face. Yeah, which that one was. That was my best buck, I want to say, the one in the studio. We, we definitely saw a stud driving home from elk hunting two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just off in the, some rancher's land, we're just driving on the highway yeah. coming back, and I'm like, I like look at, or I'm looking in the back seat, and I just like look over there, because we, we saw a couple herds, and I was like, that is a fucking stud. And Ramsey's like, what? And he turns around and looks, and it was like, you can tell on an antelope when you're a significant distance away when they're big. Yeah, and I want to say this was fun for me this weekend too. Is not only do I get to hunt elk hard in the mornings, but Chad is also coming out with an with an antelope tag, and there is some absolute. I definitely didn't kill the monster out there. That we keep seeing this one that's been grouped up with does, so he's been like impossible to hunt with a bow, but with a rifle, it's definitely gonna be doable. He's living on that, or you saw him. Um, and then there's one up top that's unreal too, but. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see how everyone pans out with, for some reason, and, and maybe related to the water this year, but some big antelope are out there. Yeah. It's a very big antelope. But I, are you excited to, to, to try and outdo your one from last year? <laughs> yeah, very. No, I said that, and I wasn't saying, like, Ramsey does that every year. I'm no, just no, 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 no. I'm, the reason I gave that side is because I am ecstatically ready. To get, to get the chance. Yes, to, because I. I mean, yeah, like you guys were there with me. Well, there's another instance where you hunted with us last year, but when I missed that really big one, yeah, he was probably what, like four, fifteen, uh, probably very similar to that one there. Yeah, maybe like fourteen, fifteen, and I missed him. Yeah, I mean that that just eats me up. You know, so you're gonna be picky. Me? Yeah, yeah. Who's got first shot then? Depends on the antelope. Who's quicker? <laughs> Definitely me. What are you shooting it with? You want my Tika? You're not gonna shoot it with 300, are you? Oh yeah, Jesus. Well, I mean, I shot mine with a 300 last year, and it didn't. What do you What do you have now? 300. 300. You're still shooting. You're both shooting 300 this weekend yeah. at Antelope. Yeah. Nice. We're gonna do uh, some siding in tomorrow. Yeah. Should we sell that scope to chat or what? No. <laughs> I told him to go buy a Vortex. Going on that seven M. Talking about Chad Logger. No, Chad Hoffman. Oh. It's going on that three or that seven mm that Joy gave me. She gave it to you. Why don't I get anything? This is ridiculous. I'm literally oh for five thousand. You get everything because I ask. I'm not going to ask. It's rude. Not rude. That is savage. I've literally got nothing. Zero. Yeah. I also might bring. You've the got. 30, you're I, on I, your. Hold on. You're on your hold like on. second is, car. You've got a camper. You got iPads every year. This is important. I'm bringing the thirty thirty, on the off chance that I get within a hundred yards of an antelope. That and would I'm, be sick. And I'm shooting my antelope with a 30. That would be sick. You know what's really, I would support that. You know what's really funny? Or a cow elk would be cool. This too. is the first year in in my six-year existence of being a hunter that my brother has he called me. Is he going? He's he's hunting now. And the fact this is the first time. That I've ever heard him bitch at me that I drew an antelope tag and he didn't. <laughs> in my life. I mean, this is crazy. Are you guys more like, I? and I'm not going to like, I'm not talking shit, but it just seemed like last year antelope hunting, you guys weren't as like into it. Well, I think I we, wasn't we had. In, I wasn't into it until we saw were, that buff. Because well, you guys were still elk hunting. We had prior engagements though. It was a thing. It was because we we were going to take Owen out on his on his first mule deer hunt. But I feel like this year, like this opening we weekend, you guys. twice, once. Have that opportunity to like treat twice. it. Treat it like how you treat mule deer hunting. Yeah, but the second time wasn't really like... 
<laughs> it was like, is that a wrong? Is that a wrong statement? Say that again. Like I feel like you guys have the opportunity to spend two full days all day long treating it like you treat mule deer hunting, right? Oh, uh, well, I'd probably take it a little more serious than mule deer hunting. But I mean, like you can actually scout them out, film. We have filming opportunities, um, and like really dissect herds and make plans instead of like. Because like you popped your cherry last year, so it wasn't just like you're not out there just trying to kill antelope this year. I think we probably right? could have shot your antelope last year with the thirty thirty. Yeah, that was that close. Oh, fuck, it had been close though. I mean, that was still like even that berm that we were on would have been. That was, I still shot him at like 130, 140 yards. I think that's doable with the thirty thirty. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. look how close I was to that uh, prairie dog when I shot it. Yeah. Well, cool. I, I'm I'm happy that we got to get in here, just the three of us, and talk about what's been going on hunting wise and what we're planning on doing. We're as as much as the archery season's winding down, we're in the thick of it, right? It's it's just really tuning up as far as you know. You're going to get into mule deer. It's, it's do or die. It's you're into mule deer, mule deer, because I, I mean, I had zero thought about even deer hunting for the last month. I don't know about you guys, but and I know you guys had a couple opportunities for friends to shoot mule deer, but like I don't think anyone was really. But you we weren't out there actually, trying to shoot. No, we weren't out there trying to shoot a mule deer. And, and then, like, I, antelope was, like, my secondary, like, if I saw him, I was going to put Sean, an effort. Sean's having some remorse. Uh, I probably had, I had. Sean's having some remorse. I, I, like I, I had an opportunity at a probably like 125, 130-inch mule deer. At, he was at 60 when I spotted him. I definitely could have walked up to 40 and poked him, but I didn't. It was, I, I just, I am having a lot of mental issues with it. I don't know why I didn't do it, but. I think you'll have opportunity again. I wouldn't get too worried about it. <clears throat> no, but it was just with a bow. It would have been cool, but it, it is what it is. You know, things happen. But uh, antelope hunting this year, I think we're definitely more so looking at shooting studs. Yeah. I I think it's, we're there. Um ready to do it i mean we've we've had this mentality with a lot of things and i feel like if as far as i go i feel like i've i've restricted myself a lot um because ramsey and i like i I mean i don't know if i've told this on the podcast or not but ramsey and i had an opportunity to both double up on on i mean i don't know maybe 120 inch mule deer at the same time in archery season last year and we didn't do it i i just I feel like Ramsey still has a hesitance on shooting a deer that size. I know, but the thing is, is like archery's different though for us. Where is your mule deer mentality this year, Rams? He kind of already explained it a little bit. Really? Yeah. Are you are you not interested in it this year, or are you like more picky than you've ever been? I'm at the point where, with Sean being so into shooting a mule deer, I'm. If it's not loosening as, up the if reins, it, if it's not as big or bigger, I'm probably not even going to think about it. Yeah, loosening up the reins a little bit. No, let me. What if let it's me, a? Let me rephrase. What if it's a hardcore non typical? What if, if it's, it's smaller, it's, but it's non typical as fuck? Oh, I'm shooting it. <laughs> He's lies. He lies. You don't have any with any like serious non typical. Like if it's got some funk, like a drop, like that I, one that if guy. It's like a three by three with a drop. Dip. What about that one that that guy shot out there a couple years 100% ago? Hundred percent. You you shoot that? Done. Yeah, that you don't have anything like that. You have one buck that has like a half inch kicker and another buck that I'm has... I'm so pissed that neither of us shot that three point in velvet. I shot years. a buck in velvet. Yeah, but two years ago, that thing would have been freaking cool to be on the wall. I'm pissed we never shot that whitetail. 
Are you talking about the same property? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that was crazy. Start calling you Isaac Jr. Yeah, Jesus. That was crazy though. The well, after my whitetail opportunities that I have, say, now, I probably will you pass say on like one percent of people like have been in this. Like not even one percent of people have like been in the scenario like with the elk that you've heard. I guarantee you, less than point zero 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 one percent of the population in the world have ever seen something like that before. Yeah, with that whitetail, that was insane. Yeah, that was cool. But well, I'm excited, guys. I think it's fun to get in here and talk about this, especially. We've got three interviews in a row that we're finishing the entire month of October with interviews. So this is the last kind of BS session that we have uh, a little more serious over the next three weeks, mm-hmm. which is fun. We're back to kind of our, what well, we've really had a good time doing this year. I know I saw that same email. That's weird. They email us during our podcast. I think it's because I'm, I'm, subs- I'm subscribed to their, uh, their like newsletter because I had to for some reason. Right. But anyways, guys, you got anything else? No, I am. Set. Well, good. We should be back with Matt next week, I believe, and we're going to have a special guest brought here by Sean. We'll wait till next week till that comes out. But uh, good to be back on schedule completely. And uh, like I said, never said that. We're working on quite a project. Never said I'm that. very, I'm very excited for the project that we're working on. It's putting a lot of stress on did, Ramsey. Did you say? I just want to. I just want to clarify something here. Did you say October first we get videos back out? Is that what I heard last time? Ramsey says yeah. he has some completed. What was the date on that? I don't remember. Probably October It was October 1st. 1st. You messed up. It's October 3rd now, so you're only behind by two days. Now, Ramsey and I talked today, Sean, just to finish up the podcast of this. The old studio that was then turned into a, uh, a hunting lodge. Right. Uh, we're thinking about stripping the hunting lodge because no one stays at the house, and if you stay there, you always stay in Ramsey's room. Yeah. So true. we're thinking about demolishing that and turning it into a, what would you call it? office like an uh putting all of our computers in there so we can work together and uh having like our own like little studio like a little studio almost you know what i mean that'd like be, the, i would you know that'd actually be kind of cute are you batching it this weekend no no oh sh- your wife comes on this weekend yeah nice friday nice well very cool that's a we'll see how we get on our projects and some videos might start coming out but uh, as always, check us out on all social medias, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This has been the Bull Mountain Brothers 77th Podcast, and we will catch you on the next one. See you later. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.